This is the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. Your hosts, Sam Harris and Nicholas Farik, digest the most interesting, informative, and topical books, giving you their biggest insights. We expose different perspectives and tools to look at the world to make you wiser than yesterday. listener and welcome to the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. My name is Nico, I'm your host today and I'm joined by my co-host Sam and today we're in our very first episode of our season on the brain, neurodivergence, all things in humans' Mm. head where you want to learn more about how the brain works, what's wrong with our brains because we selected some books and what's right um, about them what's right about them, how we can use what's supposedly wrong in a good way. And so for that, for this first episode, Sam and I have just read Faster Than Normal, Turbocharge Your Focus, Productivity and Success with the Secrets of the ADHD Brain, written by Peter Shankman. This book was for us dedicated to Sam, <laughs> who has a very fast brain. Yeah. Sam, how was reading this book? It was delightful. I've read a few books on ADHD. Some of them are really thick and hard to get through, whereas this was it was a nice book about stories and things, and um, yes. I related to lots of things. few things mm-hmm. I sort of had the opposite things, which was interesting. But yes, as you mentioned, dedicated to me, we did talk about the fact that I might have ADHD in some of the last few episodes, and that has been fully confirmed by a licensed person for assessing these things so um, <laughs> as of last week it's I, true. I officially have adhd do you have a diploma or something you can hide uh, on your wall or? Yeah, i don't know psychologist <laughs> assessment report nice so yeah we'll see how that goes so first how did that diagnosis make you feel uh, and how do you feel about it after the book it sort of made me feel a bit relieved about some things as in when you think there's something different in like because I've sort of read so many things that sort of pointed towards me having it and then being like, okay, so maybe there are some extra solutions that I can do besides just trying to deal with it by myself meant that knowing that it was true and that I'm not crazy is, it was really helpful. Mm-hmm. Some ways it is a bit worrying that like, okay, maybe you're going to have to try drugs that perhaps you don't like, or maybe mm-hmm. you also become like dependent on them because you and, or maybe also you just give up on working unless you sort of have something and you feel like, okay, well, I'm not going to be good at this. I'm just not going to bother. And I'm obviously, you know, growth mindset. I love looking at my weaknesses and being like, well, cool. I don't have to be shit at this and I can get better at it. So I don't want to just accept being terrible at some things like too easily, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was definitely a relieving-ish sensation. I can imagine. For me, I very much enjoyed this specific book and... I've known quite a few people who were diagnosed with ADHD. I always thought it was just people being hyperactive Mm. and not being able to pay attention to stuff. And I must say, after reading this book, I had started looking at it from like a whole new lens, really honestly. And I was like, if I would be diagnosed with ADHD today, I'd be like, "Mm, pretty cool. Let's see what I like, how I can make this work. Because um, I think that's what this book is all about. Don't see ADHD as an illness, as a disease. See it as an opportunity. You're different. Your brain is different than normal. But instead of being worse than normal, it's actually just faster than normal. And if you can harness that fastness and if you can channel it effectively, you could potentially do great things. Mm. So, um, yeah, really like this. Yeah, for sure. So, um, great book to read and excited to go into some of the lessons. I guess we should maybe break down a bit of like ADHD and ADD, which is, I guess, also half of the reason for doing the season of 
helping people understand what these conditions really are. So something for me was that I never thought about ADHD. I never thought about ADHD Professional being a rhythm. possibility <laughs> because it's kind of stereotypically thought of as like just really naughty kids in the classroom that literally can't sit still and they're like throwing rocks everywhere and being in massive pain. And I was mm. quite a polite kid. Like I wasn't naughty <laughs> exactly. Mm. I didn't pay that much attention to authority and like I didn't really care what people told me to do. I just sort of wouldn't do things that would like annoy them necessarily, if that makes sense. And I wouldn't learn things in the way I was told to do. Yeah. If you did your own stuff, it wasn't necessarily stuff that wasn't explicitly yeah, yeah. forbidden or something. Yeah. And then like as soon as I got into like working life, couldn't handle having a job for shit. <laughs> and I was like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> Go do this. So I've just started like various things ever since I was at uni mm -hmm. and um, often multiple yeah, things. You've done well for yourself by yeah, doing that. Yeah, it's been okay. But I have also certainly struggled with like sometimes taking on too many things all at once or like really working out how to find like a flow of actually doing the things because often like I'll be doing stuff alone but like I really struggle with all the admin side of things and I'll get caught up with the things that I'm not good at snowball and like take mm. over most of my life and the things that I'm really good at I don't spend that much time doing which really holds me back which does lead to people with ADHD and stuff having kind of imposter syndrome because of they spend a lot of their time doing the things that they're not good at and mm. feel like okay i spend a lot of time being useless at stuff and that's not that makes you sort of feel like you're useless at things whereas if you spend time leaning into like your creativity and speed and, and other things and that's great and yeah so getting to understand that i think is really cool and so adhd and add is like an attention deficit disorder just to be clear and an adhd, ADHD is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder where mm -hmm. Basically with ADD, like your mind wonders a lot and will be thinking of like five things but everyone else is kind of thinking about one thing and you won't necessarily be louder than anybody else or like be super extroverted, but you might daydream a lot <laughs> and <laughs> just go to like other places and things and struggle to like finish things is a common one. Mm. So that's another thing is that the whole area of it is that attention is one of the hardest things these days as there's just more and more things grabbing for your attention. So a lot of people are feeling like they maybe do have attention deficit disorders and you might not have like the clinical level of it, but either way, I think everyone has something to learn from reading mm. things like this book or um, mm -hmm. stuff to help them be less distracted. And it does also made me feel a bit like a cop-out seeking that kind of assessment when I'm like, okay, maybe I'm just like, struggling to like keep up lazy. with uh, these things. I am just like a bit lazy and easily distractible mm. and I'm just being a bit useless. I should just have more willpower to do these things. And yeah, so that's an interesting side of it. And then like ADHD with the hyperactivity is okay. You need to jump around and run a lot and move and mm -hmm. can be excitable and shout about things more often. And so I think one of the reasons I was not diagnosed with it when I was younger was that I was very shy. So I actually thought I was an introvert most of my life. Because I struggled to talk that much. When I was younger, I, I really struggled to learn to speak. So I didn't speak till I was five. My sister spoke for me like the whole time. Even mm. when, I, when I was around people, like I'd have so many thoughts in my brain that I wanted to voice that I couldn't decide between them. And like I would speak really slowly and kind of stupidly. And I wouldn't, it was just really difficult for me. So being around people was kind of stressful. Whereas like being in my own head, it was okay. Like my thoughts could like keep up with themselves, but I couldn't converse with people. So that naturally pushed me to being like an introvert 
But then I've since worked out that actually I freaking love being around people now that I've started to get slightly better at expressing myself and talking and that I go nuts when I'm by myself for too long and I need to have people around. I'm actually an extrovert who's just very shy. <laughs> and, and that's been kind of interesting finding that out because, mm. yeah, you just sort of accept things as they are and don't realize mm-hmm. that maybe So aren't. you were an extroverted, shy, ADHD person. Yes. <laughs> Sam in a nutshell. Perfect. That's really interesting. Yeah, I've always been a weird combination, but that's cool. Anyway, back to the book. This guy has, um, yeah, he's built a few different businesses and he's been there successful. He's written a lot of books and yeah, he moves super fast and he's just definitely just harnessed his like attention or found ways to harness it at the right times so that he can do things. So he talks a lot about like using exercise for attention or putting himself in environments where he has like no other option than to do the thing and he just gives like a lot of different examples of different tools that he's done to make sure that he stays focused which i think were really good for anyone really i don't know if you had any Mm -hmm. specific favorites that stood out to you yeah i have a bunch that we can go into I liked it just before I did this, uh, I was looking him up a bit and I saw an interview he did and he describes having an ADHD brain as driving a supercar. And if you don't know how to drive a supercar, by definition, it has a lot of potential. It is a supercar. You can go very fast if you know how to drive it. If you don't know how to drive it, you're going to hit a wall and you're going to crash. And I think that's kind of aptly describes the way he looks at an ADHD brain. And he kind of convinced me with that. So basically it's your brain moves fast. It has a lot of potential, but you need to be very mindful of how you structure your life, what you pay attention to, what you do, what you let yourself do, the choices you allow yourself to make. And if you can do everything well, you can really supercharge everything you do and you can be super effective, super productive and great at stuff in general. And I think in general, I feel like this is something I think we're going to be seeing when we go through other neurodivergence things like you know autism and maybe others as well it is that everyone's brain is different and it's a bit like venture capital investor i look at teams building stuff Mm. and if you focus everything you have on trying to work on your weakest spots that might be not as effective as you you know focusing everything you have on making or taking full advantage of what you have a natural advantage in. And I think this rings true with individual people as well. You know, if you know you're very bad at something, I mean, you might want to consider, and this is something like, for example, like my family's always been like, you know, oh, you're bad at this, you should work at it. Instead of, it's like, okay, you're bad at this, you're naturally bad at this. There's a world where you'll never become even decent at this, but let's focus on your strengths. And so it's interesting. And uh, I think this is something that we'll, we're going to see coming back in, in future books. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a, matter of what are the things that are holding back your strengths that are a weakness that you can get to being like passable to unlock your strength Hmm. versus the things that like just don't matter and you can like delegate to someone else so like okay you need some basic levels of being able to like do numbers or like admin but you don't need to like religiously be on top of your email and doing all these things if you just constantly get distracted when you're doing it or like with the whole car crash analogies and i used to basically have a car crash instantly when trying to talk to people (laughs) because my brain would do like Mm. 10 different things all at once and i just be like a bit of a retard that is something that was worth me fixing and um actually Mm -hmm. might actually end up being one of my bigger talents so i mean doing english as a child like I failed all of my English sort of exams and things and had to work so hard just to like get like a pass. Whereas I've carried on working at them and now like I run a newsletter each week. I get like really good sort of feedback on like my writing and the creativity that I have. 
is actually really good and like, I'm pretty sure I can write some good books at some point in my life and stuff and actually it could actually be quite a good strength but that's mm-hmm. like, worth, something worth working on whereas other things are definitely like there isn't that much point in me working really hard on them and it's just going to take up a lot of my time and um, mm-hmm. I'm going to do really good when I have someone that helps me with those things and mm-hmm. yeah definitely get the right time team members to just help me go and spend my time doing the, the stuff I'm good at. Mm-hmm. So uh, first of all, shout outs to Sam's newsletter, which is called Explosive Thinking. If you like what Sam's is jamming about on the pod here, definitely subscribe to that. He has some, some really interesting and generally great thoughts and, and thoughtful pieces worth checking out. This is me being hugely biased, but you just talked about sometimes you need to work on your weakness for your strengths to be able to like fully develop mm. themselves and so on. And I feel like that's getting better with time and technology. Yeah. And I feel like today we're moving towards a world where you can be hyper, hyper focused on what you're exactly what you're good at. And through, and this is, you know, me shilling my own, own bags here, Web3, the future of the internet, tokenized worlds. You know, I think we're going to get to a point where people are going to have 10 different jobs, but they're doing the exact same thing, exactly what they're super good at, just for 10 different projects. Yeah, yeah. And it's all going to be like very, very natural, very organic, like everything you do, or you're going to be incentivized with tokens and it's going to be super easy. I don't exactly know how that world looks. I've just tried to describe that in our previous season. So go check that out if that's of interest to you. But I feel like for neurodivergent people, the world couldn't be a better place right now. It's never been easier to, you know, reach your full potential through technology. Additionally, like, and we can go into that, you know, the apps that Peter Shankman uses to optimize his life and makes everything better for him, just make his life work for him basically technology is the shit that's why i'm so excited about the future i guess yeah cool should we go into um the book so for me what i'd like to go into is his four biggest rules mm. and i'd like to just go through them yeah go ahead first rule or wait, wait i don't think they're ordered so what is for you like one well, that's all i've got written down is eliminate choice wherever possible I have the same yeah yes. i we the same <laughs> good good <laughs> And on things like clothes, food, where to work, what to work on, your schedule, the more routine your life is and the less sort of things for you to like go off on tangents and just sort of have lots of more ideas on, the better. And that just means that like you can kind of creatively think about like the things that just need your energy of input on. Otherwise, you kind of just Mm -hmm. you're driving a supercar down the wrong lane kind of thing. That's an analogy. <laughs> we'll keep using that Yeah, supercar. pretty much. <laughs> so you're going to be really fast and we'll make sure you're going in the right direction and have minimal yes. other ways to go in different places. And that's, um, yeah, can be a hard one. I think um, <laughs> minimizing choice, I really love that one. And one thing I've been noticing for me, so over the past months, so I talked about like I'm a venture capital investor. I've been doing it for a few months now and it's overwhelming. Right. I have a few things I do in my life. I read a lot of books for this, you know, podcast. I have another podcast I run. I'm a VC investor. I'm also a CrossFit coach. I'm trying to be a good husband. And so there's a bunch of shit going on. And I'm a VC investor in the fastest moving industry in the world, probably, which yeah. is crypto and Web3. And so my mind is exploding. And so I've had to tell people or tell myself, like, look. This certain subject that was brought to your attention at a certain point is interesting, but you currently don't have the mental capacity to think about it because it's going to take away the opportunity cost is just too Mm. high. I've never had that in my life where I was like, I just cannot dedicate mental energy to this. And I think it's similar with what he says, like your mind is like a muscle. And so on one hand, if 
you can obviously train it, right? If you you know practice your mind, if you do these kind of mental exercises, you can get smarter and I guess have more mental energy. But I sometimes at the end of the day, I'm just depleted. And so I have to, or at least now I try to be mindful of what I think about and also what choices I make. And to give like a personal example, my wife and I, we got married last year and we're doing like, because it was COVID, we couldn't do the party we wanted. And so we're organizing that in this, at this summer, Sam's invited. <laughs> and so she, she sometimes wants to talk about it. And I find it so difficult to make decisions about something like that, which is so far in the future. Like in the evening, my, my brain is just empty. And it's like, I almost don't want to put the mental, uh, I don't know expend mental energy on, on these types of decisions that I consider, you know, so far out, although they're obviously important. Anyway, so a limited choice. So one, it saves you mental energy. And also two, and especially for ADHD people, it saves you from getting like a red thread that you'll follow. And you're suddenly like, when we're talking about clothes, the example he gives is, oh, I got this sweater from this person. Oh, I wonder how, how, how they're doing. Oh, let me check Facebook. Let me see yeah. what they're up to. And then you just started like a Facebook binge. And then maybe, you know, you watch a YouTube video in the middle and then suddenly you're learning how, how giraffes sleep. Or whatever. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, which is why I, I try to like, limit my email otherwise it's just sort of an abundance of like more choice in front of me and things and not having like social media apps on my phone because otherwise I'm just more things are just suddenly like expand time <laughs> infinitely right what do you mean with uh, limiting your email uh as in if the first thing i do is go into my email like i won't get that much done for the next few hours until i have like a meeting or something mm. whereas if i have something important to do I have to start doing only that. Otherwise, I'll just waste those few hours and like, there'll be some useful admin that I get done. So it won't be like nothing, but it won't necessarily be useful work and I'll get distracted by things. And I think that's kind of true for most people as well, to be honest. And that like, if you mm -hmm. start checking email first thing morning every day, you can easily get off track. Mm -hmm. Which brings us into the next of the four mm -hmm. most important Which rules. Which was, okay. it was eat well and he... Oh, I have another one, but okay. that's fine. Interesting. But maybe before we continue, mm. Sam, could you tell me and listeners what is actually, I don't want to say wrong, but difference inside the brain of a ADHD person? So the front right cerebral cortex is like generally slightly deficient. And just the way you kind of release serotonin things is a bit different and you um, mm. are kind of less calm and get more excited by lots of things. And so you kind of seek stimulation for more things. So like the world's like a bit more stimulating and like it just makes you a lot mm. more curious and excited by like other stuff and like doing what is in front of you is, is just much less exciting, mm -hmm. I guess. The book doesn't go super deep in there. I remember yeah. exactly like what you said that basically you have a shortage of like endorphins, serotonins, mm. these types of stuff, which maybe makes you less satiated yeah, yeah. at all times exactly. so you're always looking for like another dopamine yeah yeah something. and it's hard to kind of like okay just sit and relax and things yeah i kind of have just always worked pretty heavily on things like all day i find it impossible to just like sit and read a book during the day for example versus mm. I know, a lot of friends that seem to be able to do this mm. i yeah the other book i read also explained something around like the amount of like focus units energy you have as in the average person that say have like a hundred units of focus where they can kind of like mm -hmm. spend it through the day on different things and like someone with adhd has like maybe 18 or 20 of these units wow. that they can use and then after that like trying to use their like mental power to make them sit and do something is just sort of like 
it just doesn't work anymore. So kind of like you get to the mm. end of your day and you're like, you're a bit spent. You can't spend it thinking about other things. That happens much faster. Interesting. And if you accidentally start your day with like email or something, for example, you're kind of focusing on like these different work tasks in your email. And then you don't really have any like concentrated energy that you can put into like other bits of work that are sort of important. So all you do is just sort of like move stuff around, even though you can't relax and do like nothing and switch off and recharge. You just sort of like faff away the rest of your day trying to do work but not really doing that much mm-hmm. which uh isn't isn't that much use for anybody that's why it's really important to sort of have a good understanding of what your daily routine should be like and look like because whilst i have like those units of energy in the morning i can get some useful work done but then like i can still show up and talk show up and like talk to people in the afternoon and i don't need to have like those units of energy remaining i can still like be a useful person and so like if i have meetings in the afternoon like after sort of two o'clock only I can get a useful morning of stuff done and like not be stressed out about like trying to get to the gym things. And then I can like have the afternoon with energy, show up and talk to people. And, um, thought you were good at that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. So anyway, routines yeah. are important and good yeah. tangent. Nice one. Yeah. Sorry. Um, you were saying eat yes, healthy. So number two, his rule was eat well. And he further describes it as, Nothing your nan would not recognize as food, which I quite mm, like. I like that. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's just lots of crap that's put into stuff that you maybe mm. don't even realize. And I sort of subscribe to this and I always have just leaned into like vegetables and super healthy stuff and don't really like fried things. Mm-hmm. But I started using the app Yuka, which if you haven't heard of it, is insane. And you can scan like any barcode of a food product or a cleaning product and it'll give it like a score based on it's basic things like protein and like fats and things, which like I'm, I'm quite aware of as a biologist and stuff. But then it also looks at all the actual ingredients that like a sort of what are the sort of the additives and different things and it will like flag them. And so some things that you think are healthy will be really unhealthy. Like I'll have some like carcinogenics mm. on it or like allergens and stuff that you just shouldn't be putting near your body. And so many things are terrible. And then other things are really good. But these are then proof- processed yeah, yeah. things, right? Because they have a burden. Generally, it's even hard to like know unless you have like an app like this. But hmm. if you just go for like plain vegetables and, and things and like yeah. build it all yourself, you're pretty safe. And also mindful to think about if you're getting any kind of takeaway and stuff, always going to have like way hmm. more like sugar and fats and salts and stuff because they're just trying to like have a hmm. taste explosion because they, they're not there to care so much about your health. They just want to like please your appetite. So if you want to learn more about health, go listen to our other yeah. season on the body. We talked a lot about, you know, nutrition there. Definitely. So maybe in, in, the, in the interest of time, not, not spend too much time on yes. this. So the next one I kind of found interesting, and that's also the reason why I asked you what happens inside the brain of an ADHD or ADD person. And it is that there's less creation of endorphins or secretion of endorphins and dopamine and these things. And so what he does is he exercises first thing in the morning, every morning, mm-hmm. which I like because I've been doing it as well. So I was doing it. Let me tell you my schedule. Every morning in the week at 7 a.m., I'm at my CrossFit box uh, in the weekday. On Saturdays and Sundays, the first class is at 10. So I only go at 10. And sometimes I didn't go. And so the days that I didn't go in the weekends, in the evening, I was like looking back at the day and I was like, fuck, this was like, 
I did a bunch of stuff, but I, I wasn't productive. I wasn't doing anything. Mm. And so this is what I took away. And actually, since reading this book, I've almost forced myself to go to the CrossFit gym, which is like 10 minute bike ride from where I live every day. I just go first thing in the morning, do something. It doesn't have to be like an insane workout, just something. Get a heart rate up, get a dom- dopamine spike, get some endorphins in my body. And I've noticed that my day is better. Yeah, it's true. I, I should definitely, I mean, I, I do some form of exercise every day, like always but i don't always do it first thing but something i've started mm. doing the last few weeks is rollerblading and it's yeah. just it's a stupidly nuts sport i mean like you have no control you're just like this freaking moving train that doesn't know how to stop <laughs> it's just chaos oh, but your endorphins right so good i arrive at this <laughs> and i'm like wow i've just been fucking ridiculous for the past 20 minutes i almost killed yeah. myself but i made so, it like whew, yeah. it's, it's really helpful for the whole like then getting wow. stuff done yeah, as long as you're yeah, alive. Yeah. yeah, man, I still have scars from when I was young and rollerblading. So um, oh, I'm staying away from that stuff right now. Yeah, I understand that. Yep. <laughs> anyway, and then his fourth fourth point, which ties in with what you just suggested, is enjoy an active lifestyle. Mm. And so what I really liked what he describes is sometimes before a meeting or like almost maybe before every meeting, he notices that you know he's going to need a high endorphin spike in order to be able to focus during the meeting. So what he does is just does before the meeting, a bunch of jumping jacks, a bunch of push-ups, a bunch of squats. And so he'll take the, the elevator down and just walk up the stairs to the floor where he has his meeting, or he walks around the block and he just does some kind of you know exercise before he starts that meeting. And he notices these things go way better and way more efficient when he does that. So I like that. Yeah, definitely. And um, Nick, it might actually remember me um, from we first met doing a coding boot camp. I sort of generally do like, I sort of have like this 10 minute timer after sort of lunch and stuff because I do some form of like jumping Sam jacks. Sam is so weird. Yeah. Sam is so weird. I like whenever we would I be having new lunch. friends or something, I can spend one day where I'm good and don't do like weird exercises in front of everyone <laughs> just to like appear like I'm normal for a day. And then by the second day, I'm like, yep. So I'm going to be this weird guy. This is going to start doing some handstands and jumping jacks and things and you'll get used to it. Yeah. 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 So um, we were talking, having a conversation and suddenly Sam would like suddenly go like, do push-ups, one-handed push-ups and stuff like that. And we'd be like, you okay, buddy? Anyway, so um, Sam, yeah, was being ADHD and, and realizing that he needed to get some hormones in his blood. And that's why he was doing that. So um, now I, I know why you did it and I accept it. Thanks. There you go. I've also tried it myself, by the way. So I'm, I'm like working at my, <laughs> at my desk here at home. I'm like, ah, oh, having trouble focusing. So I, I tried doing some push-ups. Didn't really notice like a huge yeah. difference. I don't know. I did a week where I like experimented with like every hour I did like a just like this press up challenge. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sally, the Sally challenge was quite useful. Trips. I feel like I should do it more often. It's a bit like, you know, when you're at school and you work for an hour and you go outside and you have like a ten minute break and then you go to the next thing. It was it sort mm. of actually like did help reset you and a bit more like, hey, what are you yeah. doing for this next hour with a bit of attention and also got like your blood rate up and it was good. You have like this I think it's called Pomodoro or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. It kind of working thing. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I think it's meant to be every know, 45 minutes related. you go for like a quick walk. Something Apparently, like, you know, like every 90 yeah. minutes have like a longer break. Isn't it like 25-5? Yeah, it's 25-5, but then also around, um, and I've been listening to Hooperman Labs a bit, a lot, and he says that sort of like you have 90-minute cycles, but like within mm. those, you should at least break it into two and like go outside for five minutes just as a quickly reset. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So yeah, lots of sli- slightly conflicting, but generally the same advice around like, some breaks where you do a subform yeah. of exercise, ideally going outside quickly. Yeah. Another thing he talks about as an important rule uh, was sleeping well, which we've covered on the podcast on a whole episode about sleep. 
but um, it definitely mm-hmm. leans into, like I spoke about, like your units of focus as energy. When you haven't slept well, you basically just don't have them at all, and you just mm-hmm. can waste your entire day pretty much. You're also less positive, I feel, and just have less less good energy. And so sleeping well is a pretty giant habit to have in terms of making yourself better at everything in life. Mm-hmm. Which could not agree more. Yeah, probably covers that point. He had a nice rule about food. So something that's common with ADHD is that you'll often overeat or just eat things as procrastination, which Mm. some people do regardless anyway. And certainly something that came up with me is that like if there is food around, I I kind of can't stop myself from eating it. Like buffets and stuff Mm. are really difficult. Or if I like pack my lunch and things, it's almost like a to-do item that like my brain is aware of. And I'll just eat everything that I have and then it will be gone and like, it's fine. I, don't have, I have eight hours left of the day where there's no food near me. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, so it's not like I'm even hungry. Like I can go a whole day without eating. I've gone five days without bloody eating. But if it's near me, I kind of have to eat it just because it's like this weird burning thing that just like annoys me, which is a sort of a bit of a problem. And he came up with this rule that is sort of the opposite of how I work in that if I'm at home, I'll just constantly go to the fridge and snack on things, but they'll be like healthy, but I just won't stop eating like carrots and apples and stuff because I can't help it. Whereas he has the opposite problem where he'll just always eat like Doritos and real shit. So at least mm. like it's not too bad for me. It's more like just waste my time than necessarily my health. But so he came up with this rule of like whenever he wanted to eat a bag of Doritos or a slice of pizza, he'd ask himself like, if this was an apple, would I eat it? And if he says no, that means he's not actually hungry. He's just trying to distract himself. Whereas I'm the opposite. So I'm now like, whenever I'm about to eat an apple, I'm like, if this was a bag of Doritos or like, <laughs> or a slice of cake, would I eat it? And it's like, it's generally no, because I just don't eat Doritos or cake. So that was my example of thing that was kind of opposite to him, but also <laughs> exactly the same. <laughs> the same. Yeah. 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 yeah one final takeaway I'd like to address is, how he addresses his weaknesses and uses tools to help him with that. Mm. He basically has like a personal assistant, which is like a virtual personal assistant who does a lot of scheduling for him. He has like people responsible for cleaning his house. So he has, doesn't have to think about that himself. I looked up some of the reviews on the book and some people were hating so much because yeah. this guy, he's like, he's kind of showing off a little bit in the book. Well, he's not really showing off. He's just talking about his life and he's pretty lucky. Like he's a good speaker and he gets paid to come talk about, you know, productivity and ADHD. Mm and the brain and so like he lives a bit of a jet set life right he gets asked to come to australia the other side of the world japan and then they pay you know his flights in like business class they pay him like tens of thousands of dollars just to come speak once so it's pretty pretty um like he lives a pretty good life and so he has enough money to be able to afford these extra tools but i think within each budget there is going to be room for some tools that you can help yeah that might make you more productive yeah, definitely. Something I related to was that like, I always get good work done on airplanes because so I just don't have any internet connection or like WhatsApp or I can't open any mm. other tabs and I'll just sit and get into deep focus and do something like writing or like coding or something I found like really easy to do. But obviously I don't want to be taking planes all the time and it's not exactly like a, an affordable co-working space. I'm yeah. just going for a plane. But um, some other things that he said was like, if you have the option to finish something now or later, always do it now, which um, mm. I kind of, you know, I always want to lead into that. I'll do it later. Like it'll come into my to-do list, which doesn't get done. And, and mm. when you start like getting into your momentum and realizing you're in a moment, momentum state, just like 
lean into it and just do it like just try and push it for another 20 minutes or something and that's really important and being early so this is something i struggle with but you kind of have to realize that you struggle with it and commit to kind of being like over early and then be like okay Mm. well i like working and doing too many things i can just sort of arrive somewhere half an hour early always and then i can just check my email and do stuff then and just frame it in a different way for yourself to make sure that you're always early and that way so you're definitely not late yeah exactly and then planning as well that's another thing that kind of like can get left to the side which can be really difficult and then leads to you being not so good at things and you're unprepared for stuff you just don't put your best foot forwards if you haven't planned if you do you generally do things a lot better and it's really nice and you feel great and once you start doing it it's like a bit of an addictive cycle when you realize that you're like better at lots of stuff and you realize Mm. it's a good one to start doing which was something i wrote about Mm -hmm. uh, this week on my newsletter because of uh, something i've been struggling with and realized that could be doing a much better job if i just sort of framed it in the right way for my brain Mm. which um yeah yes (laughs) still always easy exactly and then just being mindful so he tracks everything data wise so his app usage Mm. like his gym and calories his sleep and his health things like that he just like tracks everything as much as possible to just flag what are the things that may be causing him problems and stuff and just being able to understand himself so for him like alcohol is a bit of a problem and like once he has one like he just leads to another drink and so he basically kind of was like okay this one's massively affecting my life i need to cut it out and just being mindful of, of things that do and don't work for you and being kind of ruthless about it and again like he's so he only he only allows meetings on one day a week so that way he like gets his stuff done and if you because like certainly for myself if i have meetings like all over the week i just sort of the re- each day where i have different meetings in i kind of faff around and um if i put them all in one place then that's great so i'm doing four podcasts today for example which um is wow. a bit more than i would normally want to have generally present mm-hmm. like two podcasts a week but i'm trying to put them all on wednesdays for example and that's um it means the rest of my Good. week goes better and get stuff done yeah, in those days i get it i have similar things sometimes like if i have a podcast the next day it's like a looming thing yeah where you know it's going to happen and you know you have like especially if you have to to prepare for it it's useful to have them done all at the same time and get them over with makes sense cool all right, I feel like we can go much deeper, but I, th- I think we've touched the gist of it. Maybe let's do some, some ratings. Yeah. What do you think of the book? Like, your main takeaway and, and, and how would you rate the book? Main takeaway was that it's not a massive weakness. It's a very empowering thing to have ADHD. And mm-hmm. that there's just lots of, with a bit of analysis, lots of ways that you can like unlock the brilliant parts of you and not be limited by your weaknesses. And I think also... Like lots of the advice is just really good advice anyway. So um, I think I also as a takeaway kind of would recommend the book to anyone, <laughs> whether or not they have ADHD, mm. not just to learn about how people with ADHD work, but to also sort of think about which things would help them because I think it would help anyone. The sort of mm-hmm. ways to just find better focus in the world of attention grabbing everything. So yeah, probably that was my main take home rather than the, the specific examples exactly. Mm-hmm. Just the overall feeling of, mm-hmm. okay, there's lots of good things you can do with some introspection. Mm-hmm. Rating? Gonna give it a nine. It was it was short. It was really easy to digest. Nice. It was nice. Lots of useful things. Because for it was like a five hour book or something. But there's definitely quite a few things that I yep. remember from it. So um, good. Cool. Nice. So for me, same takeaway. I think everyone is different. Embrace your strengths, and design your life and world in such a way that you can leverage your strengths optimally. Um, I think that's a lesson for anyone with or without ADHD. I really like the book. I think I have like a version of ADD. Mm. I think 
because a lot of things he described is like, yeah, I can recognize myself in that, but I don't have uh, hyperactivity. So yeah, really like the book. So there's two reasons why I already, like I'm a big fan. So one, I've literally used this book a bunch of times, like it already impacted my life, which doesn't happen too often. And I've already recommended it to a bunch of people. And it was like really easy read, nice read. Or like, these are books that you like look forward to reading or listening yeah, to, yeah, right? Exactly. You're like, oh yes, I'm going to be able to put this on instead of like, Definitely. Oh, I have to get it's through this book. book. I so feel I would happily go and re-listen to again. And, yeah. but I mean, I, I did, I mean, I listened to it like two months ago or something when my friend ADHD sent it to me and then was like very eager to listen to it again just now. And it wasn't, yeah. there was no strain at all. No, not at all. So, um, I'll give it, I think a nine might be too much. So I'm going to give it an eight. No worries. Um, also just to be different like a, from you. Holy shit, this is really brilliant, I guess, but it was, it was yeah. good. Yeah. It did a lot of things yeah, well. Yeah. So, um, I could see the nine. I'm uh, not going to judge you. Sure. Some. And then some recommendations. For me, would be the book Indistractable by Nir Ayal, who also wrote the book mm. all about distracting people and making attention grabbing apps. And um, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, a really good framework book for like getting more done and the hook model being right. attraction. And then Scattered Minds, to more specifically around ADHD, that's much more around like the science of like mm. what goes on in your brains. It might be a useful one for you because it's all about like. ADD, ADHD, and like those different mm. kind of things. So you might enjoy it. It is some bits in the middle get pretty um, deep and kind of dry, but some of it is also mm. like nice stories and useful things. But it's definitely a bit more like, like a specific mind. book. If that makes sense. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I might might consider that. So much to read, man. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. With that, so as our next book, we're looking at autism so we just did adhd we read actually it's already done or at least i'm, I'm done sam's almost done yeah. neurotribes the legacy of autism and the future of neurodiversity written by steve silberman this is a chunky one it is so if you read it with us after this audiobook go download it or buy it and, and start reading because uh you'll need a while to finish but it's, uh, it's a good one as well i won't spoil cool well that was it any final words sam no um yes <laughs> ADHD is is a superpower when used right and yes. in general I think with anyone attention is super valuable and your time is super valuable make sure you're using it correctly and do things to harness like your creativity and your output without letting it get wasted so whether you're ADHD you or go. not make sure you're doing what you're good at and yeah I think that's it inspirational quotes by <laughs> Samuel with Harris thanks for that of- Sam yeah, fluff around it. It's like, I'm not sure if this is a good quote. <laughs> Maybe do this. Yeah, I didn't do that yeah. the best. All good. Cool. Stop talking, Sam. This was... <laughs> Stop talking. I'll finish. Thank so. you. <laughs> Thank you for listening, dear listener. And yeah, we look forward to speaking to you in the next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like what you heard, feel free to give us a rating and share with your friends. If you'd like to ask us a question or give us a comment, feel free to join us on Reason. Reason is Sam's startup that is building a social podcasting app. It is a place where Sam and I listen to podcasts and share ideas and insights. It'd be great if you would hang out with us there. Thanks again and speak to you in the next episode. Cheers.